And the reason they did that is they felt that if they were just analyzing speeches, like the State of the Union, uh, for example, that those were typically written by others. So they tried to mm -hmm. emphasize um, extemporaneous speech by the, uh, the presidents. The results showed that the vocabulary that Donald Trump uses when he speaks at the fourth grade level. <laughs> okay. So if you're a, a Trumpite, it's, uh, you, you need to question your education. It is the lowest among the past 15 presidents. Now, well, I have always been, and every sane person should be horrified by everything Donald Trump says uh, and writes or tweets. Uh, and uh, I guess he is now on the truth something or other, his own uh, platform. Uh, almost everything the guy says is horrific. Uh, and it's particularly horrific in the sense that he'll take anybody that has worked with him in, pa in the past who is now more objective as it relates to their judgment of what this very troubled man uh, was like uh, in person, and he will uh, throw them under the bus. I don't think there's ever been anyone who has been as ready to throw his uh, friends uh, uh, under the bus and trample them as uh, Donald Trump. But um, the, the question still arises is, you know, would you rather have somebody in the White House who makes an utter fool of himself every time he opens his mouth, but whose policies are actually sane? Or would you rather have someone like uh, Biden in the White House uh, who can't put five words together without uh, stumbling because he's suffering from dementia and whose policies are universally deadly? For example, I don't think that Donald Trump would have engaged the United States uh, in this proxy war against Russia in uh, Ukraine. Uh, I don't think he would have leveled such sanctions uh, on uh, Russia that backfired and cratered uh, the U.S. economy. Um, so uh, it does put you in a position where you say, do I want the blathering idiot whose uh, policies uh, are at least not devastating, or do I want the man with dementia whose policies are devastating? Is there another choice? <laughs> yeah, do I have another choice? Yes, yeah, I will. Uh, okay. I pick C. Yes. I was uh, on one of my news feeds how uh, uh, a Roman Catholic uh, priest was uh, saying that the Eucharist is a miracle of love hidden in plain uh, sight. And this moron... Uh, he, uh, he cites uh, John uh, 6, uh, 51 and 52, that says that I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I give you is my flesh. <laughs> you know, uh, the Christian Jesus is, uh, is genuinely a nincompoop, or the persons who claim that they listen to a mythical person to write down said mythical person's uh, rantings are nincompoops. But eating flesh, that is a no-no. <laughs> so mm -hmm. cannibals eat flesh. Sane people do not. Uh, 
But the yeah, Roman Catholics actually believe that little uh, wafer that they uh, they hold up is the uh, flesh of their uh, of their god, and that the uh, the grape juice that they pass around is the blood of their god. It is uh, utterly yeah, there is a miracle. It is a miracle. It is in plain sight. The miracle is that there actually are any Roman Catholics. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. The uh, I wanted to report a couple other things. Just I, this one passed my uh, desk the other day, and it was uh, hard to uh, to deal with. The Royal Navy uh, would be the British Navy. You know, the British Navy actually has uh, two aircraft carriers for reasons, of course, no one really knows because they can't afford either of them. Uh, those aircraft carriers are uh, are old diesel aircraft yeah. carriers, and they they were. Ran into a little problem with their diesel aircraft carriers. They can't no, use diesel. either of them. They can't use either of them because they can't fuel them. They have two fuelers that are, that are called oilers that are supposed to uh, follow the aircraft carriers uh, around in their battle groups, but neither is in a state of readiness, and they won't be for some time. So the Royal Navy is without its uh, royal capability. Uh, Perfect. You know, let's, let's, let's bankrupt ourselves uh, on military spending and getting ourselves in all manner of, uh, of difficulty with our military spending. And, uh, and then let's um, destroy ourselves over it because none of it works. I have said a number of times that uh, the Ukraine is probably the dumbest thing. Supporting the Ukraine in a proxy war against uh, the Russia is probably the dumbest thing America has done in the last hundred years. And we've done a lot of stupid things. Uh, but I've also said that there was a lot of evidence that uh, the Ukrainians uh, were uh, better fascists than the Germans. Uh, they, of course, harassed Jews uh, uh, more egregiously before the Nazis rose into power, and they were the best of numero uno at, uh, uh, at harassing Jews and killing them um, in their own country when the Nazis came to power. But now the the West is dealing with pictures of the Ukrainian troops. And once again, it's difficult to hide the fact that they are very proud to wear their um, neo-Nazi uh, insignias and symbols. Uh, there's a uh, picture out now of a neo-Nazi sitting in a, uh, in a trench in a hole in the ground uh, awaiting the next offensive. It almost looks like a World War One trench warfare uh, picture, but indeed uh, wow. we do have neo-Nazi symbolism everywhere. Uh, NATO is now flying more planes over Germany than at any time in history, including the uh, during uh, World War Two. They are uh, engaged now in a, a war games over Germany to show uh, world or the West um, opposition to the Russians that they gave no choice but to invade uh, Ukraine. Nothing says peace than flying lots of war paintings overhead. Uh, On the yeah. same topic, Russia's uh, uh, Vladimir Putin uh, has uh, stated that uh, the Ukraine's county offensive so far has fizzled. And he has reported that the Ukraine has lost somewhere between 25 and 30 percent 
of the military vehicles that were supplied by Western uh, countries and that its human losses were 10 times higher than Russia's. We are uh, to be shamed not only for uh, having senators saying, uh, you're killing Russians, that's the best uh, use of uh, our money ever, uh, to being shamed of using Ukraine as a proxy uh, at the cost of, uh, of $100 billion um, and the number of Ukrainians that have died because of it. Uh, Meldved, who is uh, number two in, in, uh, in hierarchy in uh, uh, Russia, has now said that because of what the U.S. has done, including before Russia invaded, destroying the, uh, the Nord uh, uh, 2 uh, pipeline, that uh, Russia feels now that it has a, uh, a green light to destroy America's undersea communication cables. I can tell you that if and when that happens, that will be catastrophic to the West. Uh, Putin uh, also uh, released uh, word that he says the United States is getting so deep into the abyss in the Ukraine crisis uh, that there is no way out and that it will ultimately destroy America. I thought this was interesting, that uh, a different subject, but the LBGBTQAA2S, uh, uh, I think that stands for Two Spirits, uh, 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 groups have become quite violent. And they are now, mm -hmm. because Target decided that, you know, it didn't really work out very well for Anheuser-Busch to try to seek an endorsement from a transgender um I don't know if it was a dude or a girl, I think, a dude, girl, yeah, a dude uh, pretending to be a girl, uh, that um, they uh, decided that maybe their uh, um, gay pride, uh, memorabilia that they had stocked their stores with and their, their uh, decision to be all woke during uh, gay pride month was a bad idea. And, uh, and so for removing the, uh, uh, we'll call it queer bait. Uh, by the way, I've got nothing against homosexuality, nothing against bisexual. I mean, literally nothing. But when it becomes a political cause, I've got everything against it. And transgender, right. I think, is one of the, the greatest uh, crimes ever be, to ever be perpetrated against our, uh, our youth. Uh, but the, uh, uh, the LGBTQ++++ community, decided to um, threaten to bomb Target stores. And a number of Target stores had to be closed because of bomb threats. Nothing says mm. we're uh, peaceful and inclusive like a bomb threat, I suppose. There is, uh, speaking of transgender, 1991, when transgender first uh, began to surface uh, in boys, um, scientists uh, published a study on borderline personality disorder in mothers and the propensity of boys to do transgender uh, operations. And what they found is that of, the, uh, of those studied, that more than half of the mothers of the transgender um, um, boys 
had mothers with um, borderline personality disorder. Uh, my ex had borderline personality disorder. It is it's something that's untreatable. Um, it uh, somebody with borderline personality disorder immediately uh, goes to uh, victimization mode, even though they're the perpetrator of abuse. They always view themselves as the victim of abuse. Uh, there is no correlation between reality and what they believe or what they will tell others. Uh, and no matter what happens, they will always seek uh, to find the worst possible motive, uh, apply it to the person who they think is victimizing them, and then create a false narrative uh, about it. Mm-hmm. it is, you can't reason with them. You can't live with them. You can't cure them. Uh, it is a hellacious situation. And now we find that the study uh, was subsequently buried. It's now making the rounds again that it is a, a significant cause of uh, transgender mutilation. There's a report out of uh, jolly old England that the uh, asylum seekers, we, these are the, uh, the migrants out of the Islamic world, are, uh, are really unhappy with their quarters. If they're put up in an average hotel at huge expense, they're saying that just isn't good enough that the taxpayers ought to put them up in rooms that start around 2,000 pounds per week, that it's only the nicest rooms and the nicest hotels with the best room service that are good enough for these asylum seekers. Uh, of course, all drept in their hajibs and, uh, and screaming Allah Uwakbar. Um, we have a, a picture of, from a museum in uh, England, uh, I guess that's not England, this is, but in Europe, where there is a, uh, a Monet. Um, gorgeous uh, uh, painting um, of, uh, uh, by the uh, uh, French uh, Impressionist. And so these two women who claim to be climate activists thought that the best way to, to um, uh, force people to do whatever it is that they want to do because, well, their, uh, their God is the climate, um, took red paint and they glued their hands uh, with red paint on a priceless Monet. So, Kirk, you're an artist. Can you imagine someone taking your masterpiece and deciding that it was uh, their uh, uh, religious duty to smear it with red paint and dye and then glue, super glue their hands to the picture and think, wow, we are so enlightened in, uh, in what we're doing. Do you remember, remember during, you know, those stages when you were talking about Islam all the time and on the shows early? And they, I remember every time they'd get mad at something we did, they would go blow up another Muslim. I'm going, oh, how stupid can people get? I, well, obviously they can continue on everywhere. Yeah. You know, I had well, a, uh, speaking of stupid, I, I had an occasion um, uh, yesterday or day before read through about uh, 10, 12 pages that I wrote in uh, March and April of 2020. You know, we 
first learned of the coronavirus in uh, late February uh, of 2020, and the world was starting to react to it with all of their lockdowns and uh, restrictions uh, by uh, March. And so I wrote this in, uh, in April of 2020, and I laid out uh, a, um, uh, what I had seen there as a review of what people were doing right and what we were doing wrong. And I hadn't read that since I wrote it uh, in uh, 2020. Here it is uh, halfway through uh, 2023. So uh, um, a little more than three years ago. And it was just astonishing to uh, see that you didn't have to have hindsight to realize that uh, the world reacted in every possible way that was wrong. Because um, I laid it all out and it was all with, uh, with foresight. One last item in the news. Uh, uh, many of you may have seen the, uh, the videos, both of a uh, Chinese airplane uh, going so close in front of a U.S. spy aircraft that uh, caused the wake vortex to shake the, uh, the aircraft. And then in the uh, South China Sea, with the U.S. again trying to taunt the, uh, the Chinese by seeing how close we could get to them, uh, there's now a... Uh, uh, an almost collision, almost deliberate, where a, a Chinese warship um, mm-hmm. uh, crosses oh, yeah. right across the bow about 250 yards uh, before uh, an American cruiser. I mean, such that, uh, I mean, it was deliberate. It was, oh, well, yeah, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, the Chinese are trying to tell America you know, go the blankety-blank home. You've made a mess of everything you've done, and we're frankly uh, tired of it. Um, I should say one other thing that, uh, that uh, I have noticed in the news, and that is that uh, something has happened and happening in the Middle East that is um, uh, unprecedented. Um, uh, MBS the crown prince of uh, Saudi Arabia, um, since the debacle of, uh, of murdering um, the journalist Khashoggi and dismembering his uh, body, has um, put on one of the most aggressive charm offensives and, uh, and diplomatic strategic um, maneuvers that the world may have ever seen. Uh, particularly in the Islamic world. Um, he's uh, now in, uh, in France. Um, he's um, uh, even by the, his opponent's own reckoning, someone who is now impossible to ignore. He has vocally stated just how much he hates the Biden administration and how little respect uh, he has for them and has essentially threatened the Biden administration and said, if you say anything more, make any more demands of us, uh, then you need to know we will crater the U.S. economy. We will immediately go away from the U.S. dollar in selling um, uh, oil. And when we do that, we take down the United States. So back off. And the United States... uh, uh, had to back down. Yeah. Uh, it's another uh, series of Biden blunders. Now, 
there's probably you know no one who's in the world today who understands Islam better than I do and understands the Saudi Arabia's uh, uh, connection to funding fundamentalist Islamic mosques around the world and how 99% of worldwide terrorism is the cause of fundamentalist Islam. Uh, I know all of that. Um, I also know that, that after a while you can put yourself in a position where you don't have any good options. And the world is in a position where it does not have any good options as it relates to Saudi Arabia. And if uh, you want to continue to rail against them as America, you'll find yourself in a uh, uh, with a completely broken economy. But uh, what he has done recently with uh, Iran, with uh, China, with uh, France, uh, um, with the BRIC uh, nations, it's... Uh, exceedingly hard to uh to just ignore it um uh the guy is ruthless but he uh also is uh reasonably um effective uh, in what he is doing it's going to put the middle east of the time of Jacob's troubles into a very different situation than it would have otherwise all right uh, you, anybody have any contributions to the uh the news or do we uh, go to um uh, the comments that I made regarding Ms. Moore 118. No, let's go to that. better get to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the reason my uh, my wife wanted me to discuss this uh, with you is that she says that in the, uh, the social media space that she and, and Dee spend so much time uh, cultivating, that there's um, a fair amount of pushback over the idea of there is no Yosha, there is no ma'asaya. I used the term ma'asaya because I knew that uh, the uh, the character that Christians uh, uh, worship, uh, this misnomer uh, named uh, Jesus, uh, could not have been the Messiah. He was never anointed Messiah, and I knew that uh, that title belonged to Dode. So since the uh, the ninth chapter of of Daniel isn't among the Dead Sea Scrolls, I opine that. Well, why don't we come up with a name that at least would describe accurately uh, who was doing what for whom? And the only one that made any sense is uh, Yahusha. Yahweh saves from Yasha and Yah. So it's uh, Yahweh saves, Yahusha. It's uh, like the prophet um, uh, Yasha Yah, yes. uh, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the other way around. And. Um, you know, come to find out, there was no uh, person named uh, Yashaya. Most certainly wasn't a person named Jesus, but there wasn't even a Yashaya. It was Dode uh, that fulfilled Pesach, Mats, and Bakudim. And therefore, that uh, workaround to come up with a, a term, Maseya, uh, was also unnecessary uh, because uh, Dode was, in fact, the uh, Messiah. And and the the thing that really unlocks all of that is that the only reference of a of a Messiah figure coming uh, to fulfill Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim, uh coming to be cut off but not for himself, uh, at the time in year 4000 Yah, in 33 CE, when those uh, dates were fulfilled, you go to Daniel 9. And in Daniel 9, there's a very uh, uh, precise uh, discussion of everything that this individual is going to do. Now, everything the individual is going to do has, takes you all the way through all seven Moed Mikrei. So it includes the fulfillment of, 
of uh, Kapuram and uh, with the Day of Reconciliations and Sukkah as well in year 6000, yeah, beginning all the way with the uh, fulfillment of Pesach, uh, Matzah and Bakuram, and then Shabuah in year 4000, yeah, which was 33 CE. Uh, but what we find is that the person that was called uh, Gabriel, it's, it's from Gabor El, which means this is the most courageous and competent man of God. Uh, the Gabor El is Dod. And so the individual, and it was a man that met with uh, Daniel to give this very precise prophecy, uh, was um, uh, uh, Dode. And so when he's speaking of the, of the Masiach performing uh, and arriving to perform uh, the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim, he was speaking of himself. So it puts you in a position where there's no room for a Yosha anymore. There's no room for a, uh, a Maseyah anymore. There's uh, uh, nothing then in the Christian New Testament that is of any value. It just all dissipates and goes away. Well, that's been difficult for some people now because, well, they, they thought, well, if we had a right name, if we had a right title, uh, we could still show some respect for uh, Yosha. And uh, the reason now that we're in the midst of this comprehensive rewrite is I'm writing this name uh, Yosha and Maseyah, uh, Maseyah, if uh, the work of Yah, out of all of the volumes. Now, uh, having said that, um, it's important to know that Yah himself does use the term Maaseyah, the work of Yah. In fact, Dode speaks yeah. specifically of the Maaseyah, the work of Yahweh. Uh, so it's not an, an inaccurate term. Uh, and the, both Dode and Yahweh and uh, Yashi Isaiah speak of Yahweh saving this, uh, this blend of uh, Yasha and Yahweh. It's a very valid term to describe what occurred in, during the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakorim. So it's, it's not errant, but it, uh, it uh, doesn't provide the Son of God, an actual Messiah, his due, since it is Dode who is our Savior. So anyway, I'd like to share what I wrote um, in the translation of Mismore, uh, lyric to sing Psalm 118.16 is where this begins. And we'll just cover a few pages of, uh, of this. It helps, I think, better than anything I have written so far, explain why we're making this transition from uh, one to the other. It begins, there is a voice, Cole, of a joyous proclamation and exhortation providing legitimate reasons to overcome, doing so for freedom and salvation within the homes and dwelling places of those who are right. The right hand of Yahweh engages in acts to accomplish this with courage, vigor, and strength, both capable and competent. The right hand of Yahweh is uplifting. That's Mizmore, uh, Psalm 118, 15, and 16. Now, there are a number of references to Cole, a voice. Um, in fact, 
we have a volume of coming home. The first one of them is named uh, Cole, a, a voice. And well, while I may be that voice, uh, the Bashar, the herald uh, that is uh, calling out in the last days to call Yahweh's people home, uh, making this joyous proclamation known, uh, the one trying to provide legitimate reasons for optimism, clearly Dode is the right hand of God. And it is the Father and Son working together who collectively provide our salvation, our deliverance from the control and influence of human religious and political schemes. And those who consider these words, who become right with God and thus vindicated, well, they're going to be among those camping out with Yah during the celebration of Sukkah shelters. So in this proclamation, we have yet another affirmation that Dode is actively engaging to fulfill the Moed Mikre. In so doing, he is demonstrating his courage and his character, showing that he is capable and competent in this regard to accomplish the most difficult mission ever performed by a man. These results um, are uplifting, and that is why the right hand of Yahweh is shown. Uh, lifting us up. Now, having now experienced the suppression of liberty associated with this virus uh, called the coronavirus, we should all be looking forward to being unrestricted, to having been subjugated and harassed, in particular Yehudim, Yehudim Jews, uh, ought to be excited by uh, this outcome. And I know that I'm joyfully anticipating grasping hold of Yahweh's uplifting hand and being embraced by dotes. Yes. And as we move forward into the next statement in this Mismor Psalm, what we read mm -hmm. is contrary to what Shaul Paul would claim. The Messiah is very much alive and he is ready to serve Yahudah and Yisrael. And contrary to Shaul Paul, it's Dode who was chosen to recount and record the Ma'aseyah, yeah, as an example, in the next volume um, of, uh, well, if we've already done this as part of this show, but actually it was the next volume of, of Coming Home, we reviewed the 22nd Mismore, which is devoted to Dode speaking in first person about his personal fulfillment of Pesach and matzah leading to Bakorum. So this is an abject refutation of replacement theology, which is, of course, the foundation of Christianity. It reads, I shall not experience a prolonged death. Instead, I will continue to live. Doing so, so that I can continue to recount, record, and relate of Yah, Maseh, Yah. Mismore, Psalm 118.17. For Christianity to transfer all of those accolades and all of his accomplishments to Jesus, God has to be made out to be an abject liar. And the mm -hmm. 
Messiah and Son of God has to be dead, existing as nothing more than a long-ago sperm donor who has long since decomposed in his grave. That's just not true. Dode would live three lives. One as the anointed Messiah who became the Son of God. The second as our Savior, the Lamb of God who fulfilled the first four, Moed Mikre. And the third as the eternal King of the universe. Throughout by his words and deeds, Dode recounted, recorded, and related the great achievements of father and son. Digging a bit deeper, as a prophet, the Messiah and Son of God is revealing that while his sacrificial body would die on Pesach, and while his soul would leave the land of the living during Matzah, his apparent death would be short-lived. His nefesh, soul, would be restored to life on Bukhotam, claiming victory over the plague of death. Years ago, I realized that there was no one named Jesus in the first century. In fact, that name would not even be invented until the 17th century. Unfortunately, however, in trying to make some sense of the New Testament's narrative pertaining to Iusus Christus, which is to provide a Hebrew name, I chose Yosha, Yahweh saves, because it accurately described God's purpose in fulfilling Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim. In fact, as a mission statement, the idea of Yahweh saving us is reinforced throughout Dode's song. However, now that we know that Dode fulfilled Yahweh's promises, Yosha is nothing more than a job description. Similarly, I knew that by any name, Iusus Jesus could not be Hamasiach, the Messiah. This title is not ascribed to the Christian myth in any prophecy. And yet, because I did not realize at the time that Gabriel was Dode, and that he, of course, is the Gabor of God, and he is Hamasiach, he was speaking of his own sacrifice in Daniel 9. So I sought out an appropriate title to ascribe to Osha, and the only one that made any sense was Maase Yah, the work of Yah. <laughs> Here it is in the 118th Psalm, written exactly like that, Maase Yah. Pursuant to Dode's collaboration with Yah, it was not wrong as a job description. In fact, here it is in the midst of a prophecy, making it accurate as a job description, although it was misleading when used as a title to replace Masiyak, Messiah. When the Christian mythology pertaining to Jesus Christ is recognizing it's so pervasive, it's so ingrained in our culture, it is exceedingly difficult to refute 
without ascribing a more accurate name and title to the individual who fulfilled Passover, unyeasted bread, and firstborn children in year 4000 Yah, 33 CE. Unaware that it was actually Dode, and that's my fault, all of our faults, but well, in our defense. Easy mistake to make at we this have, point. We have uh, gone, uh, well, the world has uh, gone um, 3,000 years, mm-hmm. having all of this evidence before it. And not a single person has come to that realization, even though it is bold and blunt and in our face for 3,000 years. We are the first to recognize it and to speak vociferously about it and to publish it. So to some degree, okay, we may have been slow on the uptake, but we're not as slow as the rest of the world which still hasn't figured it out. So those contrivances that I came up with, they were accurate as it relates to the job description. They were more accurate than what anyone else had come up with in 3,000 years. But they are not as accurate as the bold and blunt truth. So now we know that there was no role for an individual that I had referred to as Ma'ase, the work of Yah, Yahusha, Yahweh saves. And that it was Dode who engaged in the work of Yah on Pesach and Matzah. So, uh, along with an exceedingly dedicated team and family, I've decided to correct everything I had previously written and that we had proofed and published over the last 22 years. Because it inappropriately deprives the actual Maaseyach, Messiah, Ben-El, Son of God, our Yasha, Savior, of the credit and respect he is due for his role in our redemption. Right. Recognizing what Dode did is the single greatest discovery, perhaps in human history. And to deny Yahweh's people that knowledge would be criminal. And so it is a, at least a year, maybe a two-year undertaking to get this right, and yet it's one of the most wonderful undertakings we have ever been part of. Agreed. Now, uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily wrong because, well, Yahweh and Dode used derivations of Yahusha and Amaseyah to explain what they would achieve. Just this they are doing here right in the midst of Mizmor 118. But there's so much more to their story, which should be told, which needs to be told at this time. Now, to my credit, while I'm admitting that I was not completely correct, and while it took me a long while to figure this out, I've been doing this now for 22 years, on average 10 to 14 hours a day, six to seven days a week, the point I want to make is that I am eager to correct the record. 
to complete the accounting. And to their shame, rabbis have been at this a lot longer than I have. They've got a nearly a, a 2,000 year head start and they've done neither. They haven't figured it out and they've made no attempt to correct the record. Is more important than properly conveying what father and son have done to reconcile our relationship so we can enjoy the benefits of the Bereth Covenant as they are provided through the Mikre invitations to be called out and meet with God. And since we are in the midst of Dode revealing what he and Yahweh accomplished, I wanted to share this with you. Now, if I may cite the foremost authority on this matter, there is a voice, an overwhelmingly positive proclamation, an exhortation providing legitimate reasons to overcome. On behalf of freedom, salvation, deliverance, and contentment within the home and dwelling places of those who are Sadak right. The right hand of Yahweh engages and acts doing so and performing with courage and character, vigor and strength, capable and competent. The right hand of Yahweh is uplifting. Dode using the same title I had previously affirmed wrote, I shall not experience a prolonged death. Instead, I will continue to live so that I can continue to recount, record, and relate Ma'aseyah, the works of Yah. And while this is getting slightly ahead of where uh, I was in, in, in my review of the 118th Psalm, it goes on to say, Yah teaches and instructs me. He even corrects me. <laughs> he can correct Dode, I guess, then. I'm in good company and being corrected. <laughs> you are being corrected. <laughs> Yah teaches and instructs me, even corrects me. I've always said the smartest way to read every Mismore is when it says me, put yourself there. When it says you, put yourself there. Read everything that Dode wrote as if it applies to you, and you will seldom be shortchanged. Yahweh teaches and instructs me. He even corrects me, strengthening me in the process. So he will not give me over approach of the plague of death. Wow. This That's is the fun. doorway of Yahweh. Those who are right shall enter through it. I will want to express what I have come to know, acknowledging my appreciation, yada, to you, because you answered me. You have become the source of my deliverance and freedom. So, my friends, family, long story short, there was no Iusus Christus, Jesus Christ. And while Maaseyah, Yahusha, provides an accurate depiction of what was achieved and how it was accomplished. Our Savior, Ha Maaseyach, has a name, Dod. And it is the most highly respected 
of creation. So, I wanted to share that with you because I understand there are some folks that are still struggling with this uh, transition. I don't blame you. I uh, struggled with it for, uh, well, 22 years. So I'm, that's not, I'm not being critical of those who are still struggling with it, but I hope that explanation and why I use them and why I'm ceasing to use them um, and what, why we're going through this rewrite of these books um, I hope that explanation uh, is useful. Okay, Kirk uh, and uh, and Dee, we uh, we were on um, the the ninth statement of Psalm 89. When I spoke of the song of Dode or Dode song, this is it. Uh, this is the cornerstone of the house of uh, of Yah. In fact, I just had uh, affirmation of that. It's a, it's amazing if you want to understand what God is saying. What you need to do is read a lot of what God said and then make the proper connections. Um, it's in mm -hmm. the uh, 120th Mismore. Uh, I go through it and was uh, translating it that uh, Dode is uh, specifically saying that he is the, uh, the cornerstone that the builders uh, of the New World Order um, rejected. Uh, and so I, I view um, Mismore 89 as that cornerstone. It is Dode's song. It is the most empowering, enlightening, transformational um, literature uh, in existence in the world. I, I would go so far as to say that while the foundation is the Torah, and we have nothing without the it, what Dode did without the Torah is a waste of time. We wouldn't know Dode's name without the Torah. <laughs> right. we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't understand the sacrifice he made to fulfill the Moed Mikre. We wouldn't understand what the covenant that he embodies represents, none of it matters without the Torah. Um, once you understand that's the foundation, the, the song that sings to our soul, that calls us home and gives us reason uh, to engage in that covenant and, and, and to participate in the Moed Mikre uh, and embrace our Heavenly Father as our Father and not as a fearsome God, is all conveyed in, uh, in this Mizmor. Um, and what God is saying in this Mizmor, and he'll, he'll come to the point where he is just tell you, listen, I have given every accolade I know to Dote. He's everything. He is the embodiment of the covenant. He is my chosen one. He's the shepherd. He is the Zeroah. Mm -hmm. Not only the strong arm of God, but also the sacrificial lamb. He is the Gabor, the most competent and courageous of men. He is Elion, almighty God. He's everything. Everything was accomplished through him that matters. And God goes to the point, he says, you know, I'm sick and tired of these religions like Judaism who deny him all of this. They have denied that the Moed Mikre were fulfilled. They deny that Dode was the one, of course, that fulfilled them. And Christianity takes everything that was said about Dode and everything he accomplished and gives it to this misnomer called Jesus Christ. God's sick of it. 
And he says what I've constantly harped on. To do either of those two things is to call God a liar, and God doesn't like being called a liar. And that's what we read in the 89th Psalm, or Mismor. All right, we're going to pick it up at the uh, at 89.9. It says, you have conveyed vivid parables. You have created easily remembered proverbs, which are word pictures in regard to establishing one ruler. Over the raging devastation and presumptive arrogance, the undue and unwarranted status and moral failures associated with the sea. God speaks of the land. He's speaking of his people. When he speaks of the sea, he's speaking of not his people, Goyim. When its turbulent and surging waves rise up in deceit, you are the one. Bows and stop them. Now, I capitalized you. You know, Hebrew doesn't have capitalization. Uh, and so, you know, capitalization is always something we scratch our head. Okay, if we're speaking to, about God, if the psalmist is speaking about God, we're going to capitalize you and he and all those kinds of things and uh, uh, out of respect. But the fact of the matter is there is no capitalization in Hebrew. And in this particular case, when Nathaniel is, is speaking here, he could be speaking of Dode. Dode is the one who wrote the Mashal, Proverbs. Dode is the person who is going to uh, be brought back to quell uh, all of the Gentile uprisings. When these Goyim have risen up in deceit to eat away at everything that is Yisrael and Yaudem, it's Dode who's going to expose and stop them. So in this case, you can be him or Yahweh. And when Yahweh in this psalm refers to Dode as God, and from God's position, uh, he is. By the way, we're all going to be very much like God as, as we're elevated into seven dimensions. Uh, enriched and empowered uh, by him, which is the purpose of uh, Shabuah, promise of seven. But God is a, so unbelievably perfect as a father that that his view is if we give all the credit to Dode and he is just quietly working behind the scenes to make it all happen. He's so proud of what his son does and has done that he's celebrating that. If we give all the credit to him and deny the credit that is due his son, he's very irritated by that. And so when you say, okay, this could be speaking directly of Dode, who's being empowered, obviously, by Yahweh, um, that's not something that would irritate God because he chose this man to do these very things. He likes working through us, and Dode is his favorite person to work through, all the way to the point 
where he says, he's my firstborn, he's my son. And when Yahweh refers to him as uh, Elion, uh, as Almighty God, it is because Yahweh views Dode as, as part of himself. Just as you have sons and daughters, you will view, it goes on to say, you humbled and crushed that which is comparable to the reprehensible and deadly nature of the pretentious pride and stormy arrogance of the boisterous afflictor and his false god, Rahab. With your empowered and fortified Zoroah, protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, you isolate and separate your adversaries. Of all of Dode's titles, personally, um, the most telling, the most revealing, the most heroic is Zeroa. Now, obviously, the, the one that Dode cherishes the most is Ben-El, son of God. It's the one we'll all cherish the most, Bath or Ben-El son or daughters of God. Uh, But in terms of describing what he volunteered to do, the the most important act ever fulfilled by a man, Zeroah is it. Zeroah says that he was the sacrificial lamb of Passover. It also explains that he was the protective shepherd and that he is the strong arm of God. Now, Since Yahweh isn't pretentious, when arrogant men comp an attitude as the pretentious pride and stormy arrogance of the boisterous afflictor and his false god who is um, taken down by the Zeroah, God gets really annoyed. You know, if you claim to speak for him like Akiba and Mamadis does, and you get these huge followings which they uh, did or Paul and you claim that you were authorized by God to contradict him, God really gets annoyed. Righteous indignation, rage against these people. And as a result, he and his son are going to crush the conceited, shattering those who have sought to defeat his people. Shalab, reprehensible and deadly and Rahab, insolent and arrogant, please, are both singular. And thus they're focused on one person or one nation or one religion. And since Cha'al addresses that which is profane and thus common, and Ka implies a broad association, this individual and his institution have had a defiling and fatal influence over millions and likely billions of people. Their contentious pleas, his contentious pleas, reprehensible agenda and deadly consequence has become universal. Moreover, since God's concern 
is always for his people, any man, country, or faith which sickens those influenced by him or it destroys anything that he sought to build and therefore harms Israel, the enemy of God. So we have a number of options regarding Rahab and that Paul, Akiba, and Muhammad all qualify, as does Hadrian. They were all presumptuous and pretentious, easily enraged and undisciplined. All four were annoyingly boisterous in their audacious promotion of themselves and of false gods. Their confused musings and contentious pleas have led to senseless claims and behavior the world over. Their effect on those who foolishly believe them has been devastating and deadly. Each inspired frenzied and senseless behavior, as well as an undeserved sense of superiority. All four promoted false gods, religious worship, and submission. However, since Paul, Akiba, Muhammad, and Hadrian are Chalah dead, it is their reprehensible, their confused, and fatal religious legacy that Yahweh is going to crush. The leadership and the devotees of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and particular Roman Catholicism have been forewarned. We've talked about this a number of times, but there are two uh, principal and one uh, mildly supportive Zoroa. The principal Zoroa are Moshe and Dode. They are um, the most extraordinary men in God's story. Uh, the mightiest of them, of course, is Dode. Uh, he is the one being deployed to crush uh, Yisrael's foremost adversaries and the aforementioned religions. His remarkable title is uh, based upon Zerah, to sow seeds. As we have learned, these seeds can be sown to disseminate the truth and produce nurturing results, including an ample harvest. In addition, Zerah speaks of offspring and of conceiving a family. In this way, Zeroah conveys the fruit of the Torah, the Mizmor, and the Mikre, and thus of Moshe and Tod. Now, I was not being presumptuous and saying that of the three candidates for returning hero, that Dode was the best fit, because Yahweh Zeroah is Oz, an empowered and fortified, mentally acute, physically strong, and psychologically prepared shepherd. He was also ready and willing, as well as able, capable, of serving as the sacrificial lamb. He volunteered for that role. And in this way, Dode is like no other. He's the ultimate hero. He's the savior of his people. The reference to Pazar Oeb, 
which is isolating and separating adversaries, could mean that God is going to divide and conquer, separating Muslims from Christians and both uh, from secular humanists, uh, so that he can judge them independently based on the unique stupidity of each religion. And it could also indicate that he is going to isolate every party and creed from his people, just simply dispersing them from his presence. Either way is not a very good thing if you happen to be an advocate of any one of those three religions. What follows seems to suggest that Yahweh was justified in crushing his adversaries because, well, it's his world. Um, he conceived life. And more importantly, he must do as he promised uh, and that he has vowed to protect his children. If he were not to oppose those who would seek to harm them, frankly, he would cease to be loving. The next line of the 89th Mismore, this is 12, reads, The spiritual realm of the heavens is yours. The material realm, a world, and all that is in it is also yours. You laid the foundation for them and created them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor, the broken, and Shimon, the banned and exterminated, well, they shout for joy in your name. It's really an interesting um, review, is it not? That the spiritual realm of, uh, I mean, the, the psalmist is saying, listen, you, you, you created the spiritual realm, seven dimensions up there, that's pretty extraordinary. Uh, you created the entire universe, it's all yours. You laid the foundation for all of this. So you are in a unique position. What, what that is essentially saying is that while we can and should use our words to expose and condemn those things that are harmful to God's people, well, harmful to anybody, we're not in a position to lash out. Um, and I've been as as I can possibly be. In fact, I, it's written in every introduction to every one of our books. Uh, do not use anything that you learn here to lash out violently at anybody for any reason. Right. Use your words. If you're not smart enough to use your words, then you're not even smart enough to be reading this. <laughs> True. Um, as a parent, when your children do things that are not in their interest, if your first response is to hit them, uh, mm -hmm. then you really shouldn't be parenting. You, you need to be as God is asking us to be. Read, learn, understand, and then based upon that understanding, know what it is that you should disagree with and expose and condemn and that which you should embrace and uphold. And use words to do so. Oh, little brats, sometimes they, they uh, make it difficult to... <laughs> to rely on words, but it is always the right call. Now, this distinction that God is making is vitally important, and yet it is missed by 
religious adherents. Uh, you know, those who called for the Crusades. What a stupid blunder. Uh, mm-hmm. Those who called in Islam for jihad, um, as if celebrating death and killing was a way to prove your God's existence. As if when Akiba uh, came up with his false messiah and decided that, well, now that I've got a false messiah, let's go after those Romans. Yeah, what did it lead to? The dis- and enslavement of millions of Jews. Mm-hmm. Use your words. So yes, a day will come when Yahweh is uh, going to deploy his Zeroah, he empower his Zeroah, and they're going to use their words, the Mashal, to demonstrably and vividly rule over the Geuth, the devastating arrogance of the Yam, the sea, which serves as the metaphor for anti-Semitic Gentiles. Father and son are going to Shabak, expose and stop Nasa Gal, those who have arisen by crafting deceitful delusions. On that day, Yahweh and Dod will daka, reject and defeat the Chalal, reprehensible and deadly nature of Rahab, the pretentious afflictor and his false god. Bringing the Zeroah, strong arm of God, down upon them to pizzazz, isolate father and sons, Oeb foes. And they will have every right to do so, quite frankly, because it is their world. And the lives in it would not exist if it were not for Yahweh. As the creator, Yahweh is entirely different in terms of his position than the rest of us. We are not called to rise up and slaughter our oppressors as Akiba's followers attempted to carry out against Rome with such horrid results. We're not called to be terrorists as Muhammad insists, nor crusaders as popes pleaded. Unless it is in the defense, self-defense, as was the case with Dode protecting Yahweh's family, we should limit our attack to courageously wielding God's words. He will take care of and honor the rest. Ridding the world of the influence of religion is not only God's responsibility, but he is the only one who is justified in and capable of doing so, and he must do so. But in his case, he created this world. We did not conceive the life within it, and the souls are not ours to take. Moreover, God provided humankind with unequivocal instructions regarding behaviors, those that he abhors, along with the consequences of pursuing them. So he's gone on record saying, this is what I'm returning, this is what I'm opposed to, and if you are advocating that which is harmful to my people when I return, well, it's not going to work out well for you. That's uh, all he can do. They choose to ignore it, they will suffer the consequences. Religions are deadly because the faithful 
do not listen to God. Their conquests, their inquisitions, as well as their intent to subjugate others are entirely of human design. There are only two reasons for uh, mentioning um, in this past statement, Tabor and Chermon. First, these names are based on words revealing that there will be a turn of fortune before Israel. God's people have been broken and banned by Gentiles for 2,700 years. But their opposition is about to end. Second, the places where the chosen people were shattered and exterminated by the Romans and then Muslims will become sites of great victories. So this is prophetic of battles to be waged and won in our future, some 10 years from now. For those who have suffered, salvation will be especially sweet. Laments will become laughter, pain and sorrow will turn to joy. And it is the Zeroah who will be working alongside Yahweh during this marvelous transformation to make the world a better place. This is the second time in two statements that Zeroah is featured in Dode's song. And I would say, um, and you... Kirk, you do a lot of uh, historical study. It's one of your favorite things. And, and D, you are one of the most adventurous researchers I think I've ever known. Um, are you aware of any place other than the Yada Yah series that breaks Zoroah out as a title and uh, specifically ascribes it to Dote? No, there's no other. I've looked, actually, since you started this. And it may be his most important title. Everybody has a conniption fit over Messiah. You know, the Messiah is going to come. Well, the Messiah has been here twice already. Yes, he's going to come back. Uh, but Yahweh yeah, doesn't make that big a deal over Messiah. It makes a much bigger deal over King than he does Messiah as it pertains to Dode. But the name in Dode's song, the title that comes across most powerfully, is this one, Zeroah. Besides you and on your behalf, the Zeroah, the protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb. Zeroah means the protective ram who shepherds the flock, the strong arm who prevails because he is effective and capable, fully resolved with the overall ability to accomplish the mission, the remarkably important and impactful individual of action, who as a leader and fighter is engaged as a shepherd among his sheep, who is fruitful in his ways, especially when sowing the seeds of truth, while denoting and advancing the purpose of the strong arm of God, of his shepherd and sacrificial lamb, with tremendous power, courage, character, and awesome ability, M. Gaborah, with the will to fight and the capacity to perform, who accomplishes what needs to be done, becoming victorious. Gabor is an interesting term. It's the feminine of the descriptive 
term that Yahweh loves to ascribe to Dote, Gabor. Mm-hmm. Gabor is a mighty warrior, a valiant soldier, a capable defender, a courageous hero worth noting. Uh, Gabor is the most courageous and competent man of God. Mm-hmm. But Gaborah is feminine. So let me start from the beginning and I've given you so much amplification here. Sometimes it's hard to make uh, sense of where we are in the sentence. So let me begin again. Besides you and on your behalf, the Zeroah, the protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, with tremendous power, courage, character, and awesome ability, Gaborah, will be your strong hand, raised up high, at your right side. <laughs> Prophetic of, uh, of Dode's uh, return. So right. with these words, Zoroah, protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, source to become Dode's most distinguished title. His nephesh soul manifests the Gaborah the character and courage, the awesome ability and tremendous power. Why? Because the nephesh soul is the one feminine aspect of Dode, a very manly man. Nephesh is feminine. Soul is feminine in Hebrew. And so it is Dode's soul that fulfilled uh, the first four McRae and will fulfill the last three. And so Gaborah is um, singing the praises of Dode's soul. That's awesome. He is God's Azaz Yad, strong hand, room raised up to serve at Yahweh's Yamim, right side. So methinks me Dode is rather central to God's plans. Uh, what was your first clue, Sherlock? <laughs> Thus far, Dode's name. Oh, Vic, we have. No, I wonder why we hadn't heard from Kirk in such time. I guess Kirk got uh, cut off. And, uh, I did. And Kirk's not on the switchboard. Oh, uh, Kirk, uh, and, uh, no one noticed, including me, uh, that uh, I did. you. Uh, <laughs> You had been uh, um, cut off when you so when you called back uh, without pressing the uh, the microphone button, you can't speak. And I said, "Boy, that Kirk, he normally likes to chime in, and uh, I haven't heard a chime." You can hear me welcome now, back, Kirk. Yeah, well, welcome <laughs> back. I hope you're able to listen to what we had to say along the way. With some, I think so. Oh, Rather totally, important totally. stuff about uh, Dode and uh, and serving as the uh, Zeroa. In fact, Zeroa may be even one of the words that uh, you've uh, you've analyzed with your um, graphic intent uh, to uh, to describe. And if you have, um, yeah, you're welcome to share it with us. Um, so thus far, Dode's name uh, has appeared um, uh, uh, this is the second time in the 89th Mismore. Uh, while Zeroa, sacrificial lamb, has been used multiple times to describe God's beloved son. One each, uh, or once each, Dode has been called the 
Bashar. He's been called the Chosen One. He's been called the Ebed of Yahweh, his co-worker. He's been mm-hmm. called an Ad Olam, an eternal witness. He has been called a Mashal, an articulate leader. He has been called a Yamim, right hand of God. He has been called a uh, Azaz Yad, the strong, uh, uh, uplifted uh, hand of Yah. And therefore, we're left to wonder why, if his name has been mentioned once thus far, it'll be mentioned more times as we go through this. And all of these wonderful accolades, from Chosen One to co-worker to eternal witness to articulate leader to right hand to strong hand if all of these things were mentioned once and Zoroah is being repeated suppose that the repetition of Zoroah protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb by being the only accolade and title presented a second time suggests that it is the Masayaks and Malaks most revealing and important depiction? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. Before we review where we have been um, to answer that question, let's be perfectly clear. All of these things are being said of Dode personally, including the realization that God has built a home specifically for Dode's throne. Mm -hmm. These titles and accolades, indeed the job descriptions and mission statements, do not apply to one of Dode's, David's descendants, as Judaism and Christianity insist, but to the Messiah and King himself. This admission alone is enough to take all of the air out of both religions, Judaism and Christianity. You know, I was but, comparing but, Israel's son of the right hand, Jacob's son, Benjamin, and let's compare it to Yahweh's son, Benjamin. And one yeah. was an utter failure and a disgrace, and Yahweh's is not. So it really is an important title when you understand the emphasis Yahweh has on the right side of his strength. It's a huge title. Um, to be the right hand and to be the ram. Uh, Clearly, uh, Dode is the person through whom Yahweh has accomplished more than anyone else. And uh, God, by his very nature, by design, can't do these things alone. Could God have provided, you know, his own nephesh and have his own nephesh, as they once thought, uh, embody a, a physical corporal body uh, to serve as the Passover lamb? And could he have his own soul take uh, the, the guilt of humankind and uh, shield and deposit it there? Yeah, I don't think so, actually. I don't. Can you I, go in there? Yeah, it would defeat the entire purpose of creation, which is to form a family and work together. Mm-hmm. And what really is the sacrifice? If it's uh, you know God Almighty with the you know tiny little gnats of Romans uh, crucifying a, a body that 
you can just discard. You know, what is it to God to have a probe that goes off to Sheol to take our guilt away? Uh, it just it, it was the best explanation that I could have, anyone could have, really apart from recognizing that Doe did this, and that for Doe is a big deal. And it's perfect because it leads to Bakorum, which is firstborn children, and Dod is the Bakor, the firstborn of, of Yahweh. Um, but to understand that is, is exceedingly um, um, profound. You were going to say something, Dave? No, I'm just agreeing with you. It's, uh, it is profound, and I really thought about it when you first represented or presented the Zoroa. I was kind of nonplussed at first. I was a little like, okay, it's a lamb. I'm not sure of the significance of all of this emphasis and the capitalization, but it's totally uh, worth the distinction. It is a title for sure. It, it's absolutely worth mentioning, and I, I love it. Yeah. Excellent. And you know, one of the things, when we, we try to define Zoroa, you can define Zoroa a lot of different ways, which is why I read the full mm-hmm. description of what Zoroa means. It's It's based on the... Uh, Hebrew word Zerah. Zerah is, right. uh, is important because uh, Zerah speaks of, uh, of sowing seeds and, and reaping the bounty of it is used to, to speak of offspring as you would have in a covenant family. Uh, and the greatest seeds are words which take root and, uh, and yeah. grow in people's lives. Uh, but also Zerah is the word that it is the fulcrum upon which Pauline doctrine and Christianity was conceived. You know, in Galatians, as Paul starts to make his his uh, his strident moves against the Torah to eliminate the Torah and and uh, propagate this myth of the uh, gospel of grace and salvation through faith, he uses Zerah seed to uh, to skip from Abraham all the way to his uh, uh, pretend God, Iusu Christu. So it's the fulcrum upon which Christianity was conceived, and it is the title used to describe the one who fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim, leading to Shabuah. When Zoroah is used in the Torah, it is almost exclusively descriptive of the Passover lamb and the uh, preparation of the uh, Passover lamb. Yeah. So... It is uh, uh, exceedingly well-established as to what it means, and in this context, it is a very powerful title. Now, there is so much more. In the second Mizmor, mm-hmm. we learned that there was a religious conspiracy afoot to misappropriate the status and authority of Yahweh and his Masayak, anointed Messiah, Dode. In the same song, God announced ben Ani Atta, you are my son. In the seventh Mizmor, Yahweh stated that Dod was his appointed Shaphat judge, through whom he would vindicate and condemn. We read in Yashaya, Isaiah 40.10, that God would be returning with his Shaak, empowered leader and impassioned defender. He said that his Zoroah, protective shepherd and sacrificial lamb, would be speaking for him. 
And in the next statement, we're told that Dode would be the Ra'ah, shepherd, tending the Almighty's flock. Then at the conclusion of Yashaya 40.11, we learn that Dode would be gathering Yah's lambs, Bah-Zeroah Hugh, in his strong and capable arms, serving the flock as both the protective ram and sacrificial lamb. In Solomon's dedication speech to all of Israel, as recorded in 2 Chronicles 6, the king's son revealed that the Nacri would speak of his father's role as the Yad, hand of God. That he would reveal that Dod is God's Shazak, most powerful and compassionate leader, and his Zoroah. When we return, when we turn to Second Samuel seven, which we have done many, many times, we are always reminded that Dod David is Yahweh's Ebed co-worker. Upon his return, he would be God's Neged, most conspicuous and informed guide. God is saying that he would make Dod's Shem, his name and reputation. Hagadol, the greatest of all, the most glorified on earth. In addition, Yahweh announced that he would beeth Ashah, engaged with the covenant family through Dod. As we progress to uh, to Samuel 7:12, God categorically states that he would establish Dode's reign over his kingdom while reestablishing the family home, inclusive of his throne forevermore. Then Dode revealed Ani, Haya, Lahu, Laab, Wahu, Haya, Laani, Laben. I was, am, and always will be for him as a father and he was is and always will be for me as a son mindful that we learn from repetition Yahweh affirm that those Bayeth family and Malacca kingdom would be Amon be established and endure Ad Olam as a restoring witness forevermore. When we turn to the 103rd Mizmor, we discovered that Yahweh's Barak blessing would be provided through Dod's Nefesh soul. He would be the Al, the kinsman redeemer, who paid the price for us to live. Then in the 19th statement, we found another affirmation that Dode's Kishay throne and his Malakut kingdom would serve as a mashal, vivid picture of what we should expect to see. And all things the Father and Son have done and do for us. Further into the text, Psalm 103.20 explains that Dode is Yahweh's Gabor most courageous and capable man. 
Moving on to the 20th Mizmor, we found that Dode will be dispatched as God's principal Ezer collaborator to assist those struggling mm-hmm. during the time of Jacob's troubles. Moving through the sixth statement of this same song, we read that Yahweh intends to Yasha provide salvation through his Masiach, Messiah. This bold declaration concludes by saying that God intends to respond from heaven through the Gaborah, the feminine characteristics, i.e. the soul of Dode, the most courageous and capable of leaders. His Yamin right hand through whom he will Yasha save is Dode. Then, for those of us who require a little reminding, once again we read that the Malek king is the one offering Yasha, liberation and salvation. Addressing Dode, the beloved by name, the Malek king is called the Shemak branch. And Yermiah, Jeremiah, 23.5. The presentation concludes by reminding us that Yahweh Sadak Anaknu. Yahweh is our source of vindication because he is right. Those are the facts. They are consistent and they are compelling. Dode is the Zeroah the sacrificial lamb, the Masayak Messiah, the Ben-El, Son of God, and our Yasha, Savior. Yep. Being correct and vindicating, it is, uh, well, it is uh, the most important affirmation that can possibly be made. Agreed, uh, 100%. It, uh, it not only destroys completely the most popular religion in human history, Christianity, which is also the most uh, anti-Semitic, most mm-hmm. destructive of God's people. Uh, oh, yeah. It destroys Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judaism never acknowledges that uh, Dode is the son of God. In fact, they say they're different yeah. species, so it's not possible. They, uh, they always say that the Messiah is going to come from the seed of Dode as opposed to is Dode. They never acknowledge that Pesach has been fulfilled, much less that Dode is the one who did it. They don't even celebrate matzah anymore, much less acknowledge that Dode's soul is the Gaborah, who took, courageously took, our guilt and deposited it in Sheol so it would never be seen again. They're not looking for Dode to return as the Messiah. They don't even want to acknowledge that he was the Messiah. Right. This is devastating for Judaism. Being correct and vindicating regarding executing good judgment and justly resolving disputes Serve as the foundation of your throne. A loving relationship and genuine mercy, along with a steadfast commitment to the truth, 
encounter those who enter your presence. Here's another time. This could be capital U and speaking of Almighty God. This could be lowercase Mm -hmm. u and speaking of his son. By being correct in vindicating Sadak regarding executing good judgment and justly resolving disputes, the Wa Misbat. The Misbat is a, a way of describing what Pesach and Matzah achieve. Pesach is the doorway to life, makes us immortal, opens the door to heaven, but you can't enter it without coming to exercise good judgment about resolving disputes which are resolved because of what Do did on Matzah, where he removed the religious fungus from our souls and took it with him and deposited into Sheol. That's how the dispute that separated us from God was resolved. And those things serve as the foundation of your throne. Well, your throne is Dode's throne, is the only throne that is being discussed throughout this this mm-hmm. Mismore Psalm. A loving relationship and genuine mercy, along with a steadfast commitment to the truth, encounter those who enter your presence. If you're going to enter Dode's presence, then you're going to be committed to the truth. Powerful statement about what Dode has done with his father's um, enrichment, blessing, support, uh, so that we might live. This was Mismore lyrics to sing Psalm 89:14, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. We're still um, uh, recording uh, for those who listen to the archives the podcast of the show uh, they'll get this full message for those who are have called in or listening on the phone they're still able to hear us uh, but um, we're no longer broadcasting via the uh, uh, blog talk radio uh, but a few minutes more uh, since go, ahead. go ahead no I'm just the, for several weeks now um, sorry by the way I got cut I don't know how I got cut off but it was um, for the last several weeks, this stuff has been so. This review of these verses has been so powerful. It, it's. Uh, I don't see how anyone could refute this. I mean, it is. It is just. Honest to goodness, I mean, I was a pretty good little beta once, and and I. But regardless, I thought I was pretty logical. I could come up and and, and say, well, what about this? What about this? What about that? But you can't. This is. This wipes out every other position. Uh, yes. I just uh, it, 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 I sit here in awe. Just just listen to to you read it. I've I've read it. I've taken notes on it. I've, everything I can think of, and it's just uh, the most powerful thing I've ever read. I mean, it just connects all the yes. dots. You know how you always yeah, I, I think, like to connect yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think that uh, making the mea culpa um, argument that we began this program with, uh, which is. Uh, Masaya, Yahusha isn't necessarily wrong. It speaks of uh, accurately, uses Yahweh's own terms, Dode's own terms of the, the mission, father and son fulfilled. Uh, but when you, when you, 
fully understand in that context, particularly on that 118th Mismore as we were going through it, the mm-hmm. power of what truly happened and how we are a voice calling out to God's people, proclaiming this marvelous news that their Savior is not only one of their own, he is the most important of their own, the, most, the best known of their own. Marvelous. Most point of all of us. Yeah, marvelous, <laughs> wonderful. No rival. No yeah. rival, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I thought that helps to frame this issue. But the thing that is the most powerful is actually what we just did, where we went through the first 20-some-odd uh, Mismore psalm and uh, b- built the case that that Yahweh has been consistent all the way along. He has made all of these... Right. Uh, marvelous statements about his son, ascribed all of these tremendous accolades to him, and acknowledged this marvelous achievement of of being our Savior, fulfilling Pesach, Matzah, and Makotam, leading to Shabuah, which is the enrichment and empowerment of our souls. Um, it's it's a consistent message that is undeniable. And it all speaks of Dode, not Dode's descendants. It all speaks directly of Dode. And it's interwoven into uh, the most uh, important prophecy for us here at, at uh, Yada Yahweh, which is uh, 2 Samuel 7. Um, right. All woven together. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, so important. So important that uh, 2 Samuel 7 uh, speaks, <laughs> you know, we, we have this marvelous prophecy that it goes over, that speaks of everything that's going to transpire that's, that's relevant over 3,000 years, uh, focusing all on dote. But the whole thing begins on uh, about houses, who builds them, who lives in them. It's just yeah. so marvelous, uh, you know, it yeah. was in the uh, the... Uh, living the life of, uh, of luxury, he uh, he had this wonderful uh, <laughs> home on the ridge line of, uh, of Moriah on Zion, mm-hmm. as the signs are posted along the way. And he's saying, you know, uh, God's uh, uh, home on earth is in a tent yeah. behind curtains. You know, this isn't fair. Let me. I want to build a, a marvelous home for God. And God says, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I ask you to build me a home? I don't recall asking you to do that. You know, I, I'm the dad. I'm quite capable of, uh, of, of taking care of myself. And, and I'm not looking for you to build me a home. I'm looking to build your home. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just the most beautiful presentation of father and son. And, uh, and that's why um, this particular thing is so important that um, you shall always be for me as uh, as a son and I shall always be for you as a father. Well, Yahweh pronounced that Dode was right. He uh, noted that his misfought ability to exercise good judgment defined him. And he transitioned to Dode in uh, 89.13, referring to him as his Zeroah and his Azaz Yad. And, 
And it is possible that the psalmist is saying that the Macon foundation of Dode's Kesse, place and position of honor, is genuine love, loyalty, devotion. You don't fulfill Pesach and Matzah unless you are devoted to the cause, unless you are committed to living out the truth of the Torah. And while all of this would also apply to Yahweh as father and son, your throne and presence could become lowercase and apply to Yisrael's king, David. If so, it would describe what we should anticipate when we witness his appearance and meet with him. Or even more importantly, the intent may be uh, to uh, say that we can learn to be correct about Yahweh when we exercise good judgment with regard to the reason that Dode has been afforded this position and this authority. We can learn so much about what God values, of what God wants to achieve, of the way he chooses to work through us, and what we will experience in eternity with him by listening to him talk about his son. The Chesed loving relationship that Dode deployed with uh, God as a result of the Chesed genuine mercy he experienced from his father were both predicated upon his lifelong pursuit of Emuna, the truth. Following his example, we can count on the fact that Yahweh's mercy comes to those who trust and rely upon that which is correct. Being right is what perfects the imperfect. It's not faith. In this way, as the Zeroah sacrificial lamb, Dode is the purveyor of salvation. Yahweh made it possible to serve as the Pesachael and then fulfill matzah en route to Bokorum and then Shabuah in year 4000 Yah, facilitating the benefits of the covenant. All five benefits are delivered by father and son working together to fulfill the first four Moed Mikre in year 4000 Yah. We become immortal. We are perfected, we are adopted into the covenant family, we are enriched, and we are empowered with the promise of seven. He would enable Israelites to immortalize and perfect their souls, enriching and empowering covenant members in the process. And because he has done this, we have become the living expression of teruah, of trumpets, which is the fifth mikre, invitation to call out and meet with God by serving as Dode's heralds to yeah. his kaporum return. Right. And guess what comes in the next statement? And we'll repeat this at the beginning of the next program because... I think it is uh, uh, it, it's such a good place to uh, to start. But now that I've introduced it, I am going to uh, yep. conclude this program with it, and we'll start 
uh, here again next week. Okay. This is Mismore Psalm 89.15. Delighted to show the way because blessed are the people who are aware of and acknowledge Teruah, who walk with the light into your presence, Yahweh. You know, Beautiful. there isn't a, a single religious Jew, and maybe not even a secular Jew, other than those who are part of the covenant family through what we have revealed in Yada Yahweh, who acknowledge Teruah. In fact, if you say Teruah is one of the seven Moed Mikre to a Jew, they'll look at you and say, huh? huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Which one is that? If you talk to a Christian about it, then if you speak of trumpets, they'll say, oh, isn't that the time we're going to have the rapture? No, there won't be a rapture. <laughs> Nobody's got a clue what Teruah is. And Teruah is about heralding the message. And the message being heralded is that once you have become immortal and perfected and adopted into Yahweh's family and enriched and empowered and enlightened, you are prepared to play an important role to call Yahweh's people home, to draw their attention to the realization that Dode and Yahweh, father and son, are returning on Kippurim in year 6,000 Yah, which is just over 10 years from now, October 2nd, 622 p.m., sunset in Jerusalem, October 2nd, in 2033. The message of Shruah is for us to acknowledge that's going to happen so that Yehudim are there to embrace father and son. This is the last chance. It's the ultimate family reunion. Yom Kippurim is the day of reconciliations. It's when Dode will return and the first act will be to anoint the Kippurim, the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, in accordance with the Torah's instructions about preparing for the reconciliation of God's people on this day. And we acknowledge that on Teruah. That is the purpose of Teruah. I was called to this particular mission on Teruah in uh, year uh, 2001. And for the last 22 years, we have been the living embodiment of Teruah. The Mikre that Jews don't even acknowledge. They've replaced it with a Babylonian holiday called Rosh Hashanah, head of the year. Yahweh's New Year doesn't start on on the first day of the seventh month. It starts on the first day of the first month, which is Abib. Fourteen days later is Pesach, Matzah, and then Makotam. We've got it all wrong. But yeah. If you're going to be there and you're going to enter the light of Yahweh's presence, you've got to know the path to follow. Pesach, Matzah, Bakurim. Even when I say that, religious Jews celebrate Passover as if it were a week long and Matzah is only an ingredient. 
No, the event is Chag Matzah, and it includes Pesach as the first day, and Bakurim, firstborn children, as the third day. But the whole event is built around Matzah, because Matzah is when we are perfected. It's when Dode's soul carried our guilt with him into Sheol to deposit it there. And of course, Shabua is the promise of, of seven, where our enlightenment, our empowerment, our enrichment are increased sevenfold into the seventh dimension. So that we are prepared to participate together in Teruah. To warn God's people that their religion is paralyzing them. It's estranging them. It's annoying their God. And so that there will be a tremendous reunion of God's people, of Yisrael and Yahudah, upon the celebration of Kippurim in year 6,000 Yah, just 10 years from now. Delighted to show the way because blessed Ashri people who were aware of and acknowledged Teruah, who walk with the light into your presence, Yahweh. Those who have been part of these programs for many years, those who have read Yada Yahweh, know that it began with uh, this word, the first word of this particular statement. It happens to be the first word that that Dode spoke to us, Ashri, uh, is a derivative of, uh, of Asher. Uh, it's actually the personalization of, uh, of Asher. And it, uh, it's the first word of the first Mizmor Psalm. It is the first word of this particular statement. Uh, it is the word that brought all the words that followed in the Yada Yahweh series and brought us together with Yahweh uh, because it led us to the prophecy that is is uh, really the essential skeleton upon which all prophecies uh, are explained uh, to Samuel 7, uh, where Asher uh, plays the most pivotal role. And it was trying to explain that, that it was the first word that I translated of all of Yahweh's words, and here it is again. Delighted to show the way because blessed. Happy to reveal the proper path to the relationship and treated favorably from Asher. Enjoying the benefits of the relationship by having been shown the steps to walk to get the most out of life. In this case, as a compound with Ani, me. Asher is the most remarkable term in Hebrew because it is actionable as a verb. It is a preposition. It is a noun, and it conveys all of these things. It is also a proper noun in that it is the name of one of the uh, 12 tribes. It is such a rich term, such an empowering term. And it essentially exists to uh, form a relationship. And that relationship is presented as beneficial so long as you walk along the narrow path that has been provided 
to get the most out of life. So delighted to show the way because uh, blessed Ashri are the people, the family, Ha'am, who are aware of and acknowledge it is uh, Yada. That's uh, my nom de plume all of these years and uh, the verb that sets as the title of uh, these uh, series of books, Yada Yawa. It means to acknowledge, to know, to be familiar with, to be acquainted with, to learn about, um, to comprehend, to understand. Teruah. The fifth of seven Moedim, Mikre. A time to expose corruptions while sharing the truth, crying out an alarm and shouting for joy, blowing the shofar to announce the upcoming harvest of souls and does return. Who walk halak, who choose as a way of living to continually travel about, exploring and moving with the light into your presence, ba'or, Pane Ata, Yahweh. Rather like that statement. I mean, this part, it's just one of those things you just, you just you go to any, any one of the lines and say, okay, why don't we spend all day here? <laughs> yes. That's why I'm being so quiet. I don't want to interrupt. This is just so yeah. good. I have nothing to add. This is incredible, this yeah, whole chapter. Wow. Yeah, it's just wild. It's an amazing story. It's so beautifully told in the 89th Mismar. I just, I don't think there's any denying um, that it is the cornerstone of uh, the covenant. It's the cornerstone of Yahweh's home. Um, this Mismar was um, uh, was revealed uh, four years after Dode's uh, initial passing, the first of his three uh, lives. Um, it was uh, coterminous with uh, Solomon's um, address uh, when he was uh, dedicating the uh, the uh, cornerstone of the uh, the house. It's it's year. This is is year um, um, uh, three thousand Yah mm-hmm. nine sixty eight BCE is the date that this was uh, uh, first vocalized to God's people. And because the 89th Mismor is found in every uh, Bible, I use the pagan term, um, it's, it's like the time bomb that uh, completely obliterates the Judaism and Christianity. And yet they carry it around oblivious to it. Yet almost never here. Of a uh, of a Christian or uh, or a Jew sight from the 89th Mismore, and it's yet the most powerful right. of all of them. Yeah, so destructive to their religion. But for us who cherish the covenant, who cherish Yahweh, who have come to uh, embrace everything that Yahweh has said and done through His beloved Son, Dod. There are no sweeter words than the 89th uh, Mismore. Right. So we thank you for listening. Um, I'm sorry for talking over you, both of you today, but I know both of you are wounded, so 
um, it's, it was an act of compassion. You didn't have much to say to add to this wonderful material. No, it, it, it is, yeah, in all fairness, it, it is difficult to, um, to know when to let up when you're, when you're dealing with something as powerful as the 89th Mismore. Um, right. Or even what could be learned from the 118th, which is how we began this program. Um, so uh, I guess it's no reason to apologize for being enthusiastic about mm-hmm. uh, about this material. We'll return to uh, Mismore 8915 uh, uh, when um, uh, we gather together uh, at um, the Shabbat uh, a week from today. I Wish everyone a, a happy Shabbat. I particular call out to uh, uh, my wife, uh, Leah, who is in um, uh, Florida tonight, uh, her last night in, uh, in Florida uh, for a health trip. She is uh, uh, listening to this program at uh, a beloved friend of, of mine, Dr. Jeff Grill, uh, and, uh, and Jeff's father as well, who is an exceedingly bright uh, and generous man. Um, Dr. Jeff Grill was the uh, uh, second Yehud uh, to uh, become part of the Covenant family uh, through what we learned at uh, Yada Yawa. Uh, I, uh, boy, our relationship must go back almost 20 years now. Um, uh, he actually uh, came to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia when I uh, lived there, uh, and we had a chance to uh, visit for some time. But uh, relationship has been near and dear uh, to uh, to both of us, and it is a tremendous joy to have uh, him host uh, my wife and uh, his home uh, tonight as they listen to the uh, the show. Um, he has been most helpful to us in a medical issue uh, that uh, we we are greatly uh, appreciative of all he has done. So anyway, uh, a shout out to uh, to Dr. Jeff Grill and to uh, my bride who will be returning tomorrow and. Uh, uh, to Dee for being with us when uh, her whole house has got the COVID, and uh, to my broken my down uh, partner and friend there in, in, uh, in Carmel, California, who's got the, the bulging and irritating uh, disc from uh, uh, top to bottom. I understand you uh, you can't see out of one of your eyes, and, uh, and something well, else happened. It's okay this today. Is... Oh, well, okay. It was yesterday that was bad. Okay. Yeah, it's better. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's much All better right. today. Yahweh must right. have wanted me to read. Okay. Right. This is good. <laughs> I hope you feel better, Kirk. Thank you. Yeah. You too. All right. Hey. Good, night. Well. good night, one and all. Happy uh happy Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.